Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Hey, what's up, creators? This is your old buddy, John, and you've once again located the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am here, as always, with Sketch Publisher, Bob Hickey, Sketch Editor, Bill Nichols, and this week, we're going to be talking character design. How are you doing tonight, guys? Doing great, John. Hey, John, this is Bob. Doing good, man. All right, fantastic. So, Character designs, you both have created a number of characters over the years. Where do you start? Where did you each start with uh, creating your your signature character, let's say? Right. You want to start, Bill? Sure. Uh, I've been... I've been... Uh, yeah, see how excited <laughs> I am about it, I'm sure. That's what you're thinking right now. Wow, uh, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've been pretty much creating characters. I mean, for the entire time I've been reading comics since I was a little kid, and you know, it's just as time has gone goes on. Sometimes it's an idea, sometimes it's a a situation that that uh, brings about a new character. But uh, here lately, with the say the the characters in my Sparta Bay. Uh, pantheon whatever you want to call it uh those characters some of them have probably been around 20 years in different incarnations and they've just sort of grown into this uh, community of or what you know city of people of heroes uh, and villains and all that so sometimes it's an idea sometimes it just it's a it's a flash of inspiration um sometimes it's something that's needed um uh, maybe to balance something else out or to pull something together. And sometimes it's just a, a vision in my head. Boom. Uh, that sounds scary. Yeah. It doesn't vision sound. in your head. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I never know when they're going to come, you know, when, but sometimes during the day when I'm, I'm working or I'm doing something else, if I'm distracted in any way, sometimes that's, that opens up the, you know, the, the mind to, mm-hmm. uh, if there's, if there's something lurking there, waiting, an idea that's waiting to be heard, sometimes that's when it, it pops in when I'm on, I don't have like 50 million things going on at the same time. Um, it sort of, sort of sneaks in there and says, Hey, here I am. <clears throat> which is a very roundabout way of it's not a, a definite way of answering your question but that's you know they come from everywhere um, and then as you get the, the idea then you develop them and, and bring them to life or sketch them out or flesh them out kind of thing so then they go into stories and now Bob go ahead <laughs> alright I have two ways that I, I approach creating and uh Either you come up with the concept, the overall concept, and then the idea of the story and situations, and then you create the characters to fit within that. And that's what I recently did with um, Camelot Forever. I I knew the story I wanted to tell, and I started developing the characters to fit within that storyline and go along with it. And uh, you keep adding new and new characters and modifying the original characters to fit within the story as the story develops. Sort of the story controls what you're creating. And then there's this, every once in a while, you'll come up with a character that, like, that would be cool to draw or write or create. And now i got to create this whole back end for it and create these supporting characters for it. Um, recently, I was been working a lot on the Skystorm stuff uh, on the website, scanning a lot of the digital works, and in a group poster that we created, there's a character that it was a, a guy who worked for me, 
and he took the character on to another company, so I don't have the rights to that character in the poster. I'm like, well, I'm going to have to have that removed if we ever use this. And I started looking at the headpiece and started saying, well, if it was a different color and you added belts. And basically, I got thinking about, basically, I came up with a whole new character that I want to do. Like, I need more characters. But we're going to introduce this character into a storyline and and uh, it will be hopefully it'll end up being one of our main slash slash superheroes for our um, age age of hero storyline. So we'll see. But it, it's just right. I sort of looked at it and I started playing around with some sketches, play with some color. I'm like, whoa, you know. And then then it's sort of like you can't let it go. That's one of my problems. Once I start working on something like that, it's like, well, now I've got to get this fleshed out so I can sit it over here on the shelf then pull it back off the shelf when we need it. I can't let it go till I get to a point that, okay, I now know that character. Okay, boom, you're there. So, um, a lot of times situations will create characters too. Um, you're writing a story and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, what if this happened? Oh, wait a minute. Create this character, do this, and now this character does that. And you've created a whole new character for that, whether it's a supporting character or ends up being a main character. You just never know. That's how it's all done. And when so. you're, yeah, and w- once you have the idea, uh-huh. once you have the idea, when you're working on the characters, uh, when you're building the actual, uh, for lack of a better word, flesh and blood character, um, do you concentrate on the visual first, or there are some creators who claim that they hear the character's voice, I when they when they start to build. Which one works best for you? I I do both. I've told Belle, I've told you. Blood and Roses write themselves. Those right. two characters, I know who they are. I know how they react. And they're not me. But I, I know, I, I, I might know people who are parts of them. So I'm sure I'm pulling it from people I know. But they, I throw the situation at them and they write the story for me. How they would react and what would happen. And, and everything. So yeah, I do do that some. That those characters for me, and that's probably why it's going to be hard for me to ever land a movie or do something like that because I don't think I could find anybody out to be those two characters in, in real life, you know? Because um, I'd be right. going, no, that's not them. <laughs> it would if I found them, it'd be scary. But um, and then there's some characters that is, is sort of where there was a visual created first, and then you wrapped, you, you sort of took that and said, okay, now I need to build this up. I need to build this up. What can I do with him, and what could he be, and, and move it on. And, and it, to me, something also that's just as fun is taking characters I haven't thought of in a while. Um, I emailed Bill a uh, pinup for a, a property owned called Darkness Chronicles. They were recently in a Blood and Roses story, and uh, it's three characters. And really, back when Bill originally did the story in Storm Quest, we knew the three characters, correct? Mm-hmm. But yep. they really didn't have much of a history to them. Right. We knew what they did, and so um, I sort of came up that one of them was a a time agent that got stuck in time because of what happened in the Blood and Roses story. Um, and then really, really didn't have a whole lot. I knew the characters are cool. I figured they would develop. Well, this this guy, Brian, who listens to our podcast, hey, Brian, um, did this beautiful pinup for me. And, John, I'll send it to you. I'll email you a copy of it. Oh, cool. It is awesome looking. And, and he did this to get a hold of the characters. And he has he's, he's working on the who's who piece for us for the Who's Who book that mm-hmm. we're going to put out at the end of the year. And he's working on, on the piece for that. And he did this pinup in practice to get a hold of characters. Well, he kept asking me about these characters. And I'm like, well, you know, I know some, but truthfully, I don't know a lot. And out of this conversation, and that's how a lot of this evolved, I came up with that Midnight Montana, the Indian, he has a huge military background. So he started building up like vast and, and you know, just a little bit more fatigue. It's just like, whoa, that's great. Um, Angel, I sort of came up that Haggard saved her when she was a baby. 
So that's his connecting to her somehow. And then while he got stuck back in time, she's like an adult now. And that's sort of, we'll come up with the story on how they got hooked up. So for three characters that years ago, we didn't have any history. They've got a strong history. And because of that, I've got, I really want to do some stuff. So Bill and I have been talking about plotting out the next years with the comics for it. So I think these are going to be some fun characters to play with. And it does help the more you have, whether you share it or you don't share it. If you don't share it, and it's stuff that you know, you know, write it down so you got it on the side. And then only share what you need because, you know, Brian was asking me, and I says, you know, here's what I'm going to tell you what I'm going to let everybody know here because you're the artist. But there's other stuff that I, I'm not going to let out of the bag yet, you know. So, uh, stuff, you know, that goes back to when we were talking about Wikipedias, creating character wikis. I think those are very important to get people hooked in on your character. So, but only put out the information that you want them to know. But to get back to your question, I don't even know what's your question. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking, yeah, and you part sort of answered it, but went to the left a little bit. Um, that's usual. On you creating your, that's usual. On creating your characters, uh, do the visuals come first, or does the voice, does the dialogue, the speaking, you know, part of it, or do you actually hear character voice in your head? Not that old yet. Now, come on. Um, <laughs> no, I mean character voices, not little people in your head. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, that's how I get off on the Blood and Roses stuff. Yeah, uh, both. I think it's both for me. Because I can sit down and, and work out some designs and stuff and come up with the characters. Or a lot of time it's a situation. Anymore, I find myself really cre creating a theme and an idea, and then i got to pack the characters around them. And then once I get those characters designed, yeah, I can usually, they have their own personalities. And, and that's, I think it's important for you and as, as a writer, or, and I think it's important for the artist to get it. That's sort of what, I liked Brian, I'm going to go back to Brian, because he got what we were wanting with these characters. He, he put the, the fill for those on there. And I tell you what, I'm going to try to post that his pinup with this podcast. So I've never done that yet. And I, I know you like the iTunes, you can download it with it. So we'll put we'll put the Darkness Chronicles pin up with this so people can check it out if they download from iTunes. Okay. So but yeah, this this is important for the writer and the artist both. But yeah, I hear voices every once in a while, John. Little people too. And That's John, not a surprise. <laughs> So, Bill, how do you do it? Um, Character first, or? Well, sometimes it's it's just the idea. I mean, you may, like I said, you may see, a, for example, Ursula mm -hmm. uh, in Sparta Bay. I sort of had a character back when um, I was collaborating with Robin Ader on a Kyra story, and the lead character was Ursula, and I sort of came up with her there, and uh, there was another character. It was sort of like a, not a sidekick, but a teammate or whatever. But this is not the same character as that, but that's, it transitioned as she started to, as I started to uh, sort of develop her as her own character um, for my own purposes. Um you know, sketching around and doing things, and sometimes you, you kind of see what works. I do hear sometimes their their voice, how they would, because I you know I have a background in theater. Um, my thesis was a play. You know, I wrote plays in college, and um, so I had that background. And you know, I've done other things that were voice. I mean, I I do vocal stuff all the time. You know, impressions of people that I know. <laughs> Is that where you walk around the yard and yeah, talk yeah. it out? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and when I drive, sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll I'll work out dialogue because I have a uh, my brother gave me a, a a tape recorder just for that purpose. So when I have a, a drive that's going to be, um, you know, say maybe twenty, thirty, forty minutes or longer, maybe, um, I've got that. You know, if I'm in that mood, I I can grab that tape recorder and 
uh, maybe record dialogue bits, which I've done. Uh, and then you play it back, and, and you know, maybe it totally doesn't work, but that can lead to other things, you know, other right. parts of... And it's, it's Characters can be... Uh, you, characters can be shallow. You know, they can be one-dimensional. And I've seen that, you know, with... Uh, you know, just over the years, you know, people, other people creating characters, you know, just sort of like one trick pony kind of things. Mm -hmm. But the better characters are the ones that have uh, personality, that have history, that have, that are almost people set in a comic book world. You know what I mean? Um, that there's something to grab onto where it's not just um, sort of a one and done thing. Like, you know, that story's over, move on. I mean, a lot of, for example, a lot of the old horror movie or, or horror comics and uh, maybe westerns, they didn't have a lot of you know background stuff. Maybe it was just the character, like uh, Rawhide Kid or whatever. Now over time, those things got developed, but you, it was more the name and the look and the adventure. But uh, maybe other things along the way have been, and it's in years past, those characters have been you know revisited by other people and sort of fleshed out as maybe the Avengers went back in the past kind of thing. Um, sort of retroactive or just expansion of what it is. <clears throat> but yeah, I hear the voices sometimes. I hear how they talk. Um, Little voices. Of, yeah. I have, I have a thing with dialects and yeah, some characters have d distinguishing uh, vocal patterns in my head and that helps with dialoguing things and then that can bring out some more um, more of the aspects of their background of their personality of their interaction with other people if they react this way someone else may be the opposite and react another way and that may develop another character that you're also working on in the same book say it's with Ursula it would be maybe Jewel or Dead Lee or I don't know, he's not dead at this point but he is Lee um, three friends, but they're all very, uh, very different. Have very different abilities and very different backgrounds, and how they interact with people around them in the adventure kind of thing. Um, those things play out, and then they go on to the next phase. You know, maybe the next issue or the next story, and the, you know, they carry on as they develop as the character develops. So, there you go. Well, you you bring up a good question, or you made me think of a good question. Have uh, either of you ever, yay, have either of you ever had a name, just a name, and you said, ooh, I really like that name. I'm going to build a character around that. Have either of you ever encountered that, or does it? I did yeah, just the opposite. I created a character, and I needed a name. Right. That was recent. The name that I asked you guys about, um, just we'll say Midnight. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I created that character. I knew what I wanted to do with that character. I know he's part of you know the storyline and everything, but I had to come up with mm. who he would become. What would we name him? Um, but if I had a name, not not me. I, I seem to. If I can come up with a name, it's usually because there's there's depth and concept and ideas and. Everything's rolling right in behind it. Um, right. Usually it all sort of blends and comes together. And then hopefully there's pen and people, paper close enough for me to make notes on <laughs> and write it down. How about you, Bill? Or even conversely, where do you get your names? You know? Um, I, I have no idea. I mean, like Warlace, I have no idea. Go, okay, yeah. No, phone books, maybe? No. Um, no, <laughs> I don't think there's any Warlace people in the phone No, the, I, gosh, that was so long ago. That's what's so fun about scanning all this stuff, seeing it again. Yeah. I, I just play off, I run stuff through my head, like Vapor Lock, you know, being a vampire. Right. I play and make notes and play, and the character, at that point, the character's design is just trying to tweak the right, Fill or name or something like that. And just 
try to take two words that shouldn't a lot of times, go together. Yeah. A lot of times yeah. sound good. Yeah, I like the blood and roses both being part of their last names. Um, actually, that's probably bit me in the butt more because a lot of people think blood and roses is vampires. Of course, now they do. Um, they don't think of it as a time traveling chick book. Right. Uh, that's sort of why I think when it relaunches, it's going to be you know blood and roses or. T- Blood and Roses Time Agents or something like that. What was it, Bill? Mm. Whatever we put on there. Yeah, I think it was Time Agents. Yeah, I was going to downplay the Blood and Roses just a hair, but leave it in the title, but come up with a Time Agents or something like that. Because uh, I do think sometimes you can bite yourself in the butt. And names, I think, sometimes can be important. I think we've talked about this as the title of your books. I mean, you could come up... Okay, let's right. take Race Danger, for example. I brought this up in a conversation with some people. I could easily call that racing guy, or I could call it, a, you know, cash car and the the future of racing, or Camelot Racing, or you know, Gladiator or something. But there's a reason that Marvel and DC has Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Iron Man, Spider Man, because you say the name, you're identifying the character. And you're also identifying the comic or the book or the or the title or the movie or whatever that's in. So right. um, that's why it was important for me for like Race Danger. That that's his name. Race Danger is his name. Race. Um, not too often I do that in my titles, but that one was important. So you, you can be careful, you know, not careful, but think that through and. What the characters are right. and what the title of your book. You want to build that brand. And, and the brand is your characters. Along with your, your your stories. You don't want to get stuck with a name that's <laughs> too colloquial or stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. What about should... you, Bill? Has... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. That's cool. No, oh, have so I? What about you? Yeah, I've, I've had... You know, names just pop up, um, but also I've had the, you know, the opposite true, and then try to find a name or think of a name what would really uh, define this character, sort of identify that person. Um, like, where did but, Ursula come from, for example? I wanted a strong female name, and yeah, you know, I've never known it. Ursula Andres, I guess. Um, nice. From, yeah, I, now that, I mean that's, but she's, I mean that's a strong name and. Uh, of course, we just dated ourselves, but still, nice. <laughs> well, yeah, she did. Uh, yeah, she's you know classic. That, but yeah, a lot of people wouldn't know that, and that's fine. Uh, All right. But and I don't. It didn't come from her, but I mean that's I just just I just realized that that's the only Ursula that I know, or that you know person right. that. But I knew it was a female name, and um, I mean, I probably have come across it over the years at some point. But um, Jewel, um, actually, in Darkness Chronicles, I had created a character named Jewel, who's mm-hmm. not—it's not the same character. I have, I have character her. sketches I just found of her. Well, her that that girl's going to have another name. She's not going to be Jewel. Well, I'm glad you told me that because I just put her on the Wikipedia as Jewel. Oh. Well, will be something else. Nah. <laughs> we can. No, when I when I got that character, actually, I inked that character sketch, um, and I asked you who it was because I didn't know who it was because it's not anything like what I had envisioned. It wasn't actually even what my character description was. Right. You know, but um, we were doing a lot of them at the time. So mm-hmm. when we we're doing that first Bible, or trying to put that first Bible together, but. Um, her, that that name, and it actually that predates the singer Jewel. So yes, it does. Yeah, a lot. So uh, that name just sort of popped out, and that was part of her um, had to do with her having magic abilities, um, and the, the character herself just sort of developed um, in my head before I ever put anything down on page. It's just sort of in a way, wrote herself. Uh, same thing with Lee, who becomes deadly at some point. 
his parents or his uh, his family are all superheroes, but he has no actual ability. He's a natural athlete. If you want to think, say like Blue Beetle or you know somebody who doesn't actually have powers, mm-hmm. but um, he does gain them when he gets dead. But that's another story. <laughs> yeah, and that's copyright and trademark, Bill Nichols. Yes, that's right. And uh, Steela, that's your peril. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, it, you know, I do have the the name. A, a, a great name will pop up because their names are, it's it's hard to come up with a new name and rather than some people are so protective and I understand that of their name especially Marvel DC you know right. I've heard stories about lawyers and stuff years ago <laughs> um, but coming up with uh not just the character, but the you know where they're going to fit into your world. That affects the development of that uh, comic person. Also, how do they fit? How do they fit in the pantheon of heroes that you create, or the the um, this uh, plethora of characters that you're going to put into a story? Where are they going to fit? Are they going to be? Uh, you know, A-listers, are they going to be the main people? Because some people, as you write the thing, some people, it may wax and wane. Some people become more important or less important as the story. Or maybe in a, another story, the next miniseries, maybe they take a back, take the back row to someone else who steps up into that situation. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard just coming up with a name that you want a name that that does sort of define and does sort of identify a character and uh, and also like I said when you, when you have a name you want that person uh, to be you know that character if you can just come up with a really cool name you don't want just to throw some character out there and slap a name on it right mm-hmm so I've come over at it from both ends and uh, I know other people who who have done both so and well, sometimes it, you know, now I, I used to do a lot of sketchbook I had sketch, sketches in my sketchbook and my roommate in, in college Alan and best friend at the time you know in college sorry Bob oh, oh. <laughs> you're my best friend too so is Johnny so, I mean, I have a lot of best friends, <clears throat> and that's cool. Fickle. Uh, I encourage it. So, uh, but he would go through my sketchbooks, and there would just be sketches, uh, just whatever. But he would come up, he would, later on, he would be flipping through, and he would ask me who these, this person was, and I'd say, well, it's just a sketch. He goes, well, and then he would come up, he would have come up with a character for that sketch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Because, you know, it inspired him. So, I don't know. Inspiration is such a fickle thing sometimes, and it, when it happens, it's such a you know. That's cool. Yeah. Even awesome. even little bursts like the darkness stuff, because just Brian asking me questions about these characters, I got my mind going. Oh yeah, who are these? Well, let's do this, you know. And uh, it, it's fun. It's fun to go back and play with them. Now, speaking of names and stuff, I got a slight situation. I, I think I'm going to know how I'm going to handle it if we ever had to face it. I'm going to throw it at you guys. Um, in StormQuest, character Jen goes by the code name Soulfire. Ooh. Aspen has a title called Soulfire. Right. Right. Jen is copyrighted 15 years ago. And the name is in the book, 15 years ago. So I, since I know Frank at Aspen, I just figured if I ever decided to do a one-shot or a miniseries, something like that, and called it Soulfire, I would just, I'd send it to him and say, Frank, this is what I'm going to do. You know, this I brought this character out 15 years ago. This is not, no way connected with your guys. You're a science, fantasy, whatever, and this is superhero-based. Right. So somebody's got a phone call. Not yeah, me. I, I, had a phone. Oh. I have no idea who it is, though. So I'm not answering it. All right. Tell so, me no way. 
Yeah, I guess that's how I'm going to handle it, is to uh, just up front send Frank a copy if we decide to do it up yeah. before I even publish it and say, this is, I want you guys and then know this is what I'm doing. That's not a take on your stuff, so. I yeah. I sort of got upset when they launched it, and but I'm like, ah, you know, Mike, I love Mike, and uh, I've known Frank for a long time. He's a great guy, so, uh, at Aspen, so those guys were great, so. And at that point, I yeah. wasn't publishing. Didn't know I'd ever come back to it as hard as I have. So, you know, at that point, I really didn't. I was like, eh, well, we'll see. But So, yeah, be careful on your names and stuff. Very careful titles. Right. Well, let me put you guys in the spot then. Uh, is there ever a name or a character that under the light of history, now that you're farther away from their creation do you look back at them and go oh my god what was i thinking name you have a character roses that... yeah what the hell and i made it my flagship title and it took me years and years and years and years to come back and go what the hell what was i <laughs> what blood and roses why did i use that as the title except i was stuck on Title and being building brand, building the characters. But I think right. it could have been done better if it was called maybe if Time Infinity or Time Agents or something like that. But now I'm going to try to blend it too because I got too much history and too many books out there with Blood and Roses on them. Um, that for me is probably the the the, uh, the biggie. Biggie. Yeah, as far as what the heck was I thinking? And the most fun I recently had was uh, Camelot Forever. So I knew what I wanted. I knew it was going to be based on Camelot. And then I had to come up with, okay, just Camelot. It's not going to do it. So right. I knew it was time. Tra you know, there's a time difference in here and and the whole concept. And I'm like, Camelot? And I, I had like four or five names. I threw them out at everybody. <laughs> I'm real bad about this, and and but I think people should think about it. Is that I also any names I come up with, I do uh, searches to see if the websites are available. Because it's important now to own if you're building a brand, just own as many pieces of it as you can. And owning the site is .com. It's very important. So uh, I did a search, and I came out came out forever, and I threw the name at people who are not comic people, like my mom. She doesn't show any comics. Um, and she was like, ooh, I like that. That sounds like a book. I'm like, well, that's good. She reads a lot of books. So, then my wife. Well, actually, my wife first, then my mom. Better get that straight, huh? Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh... Be smart. Um, yeah. <laughs> or is there a visual that you've, uh, that you looked at from before, like, when we were going through all the stuff, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's gotta go. We're not talking about the uh, Animorphs, Bill, or John. Horses, <laughs> cows, no. We're not, we're not bringing that up. We're not bringing that up? No, we're not bringing up that. <laughs> the, of course, there's always... The that book that shall not be named? Yeah. When, you, when you've done this as long as we have... Um, uh-huh. Yeah, what are we looking at? 25 years or longer? Right. For some of us, some, Bill. Yeah. Um... <laughs> um of course, there's going to be stuff you look back and you go, oh, my gosh, why? You know, it was a, it was a fabulous look, plan. We did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, there's stuff out there that I sort of cringe. And, but now there's ten times stuff that I'm like, yes, I want to play with that again. Or, damn, let's get right. that finished and get it out there. That's solid. So. What well, about you, Bill? You got any character skeletons in your closet? Oh, I'm sure I do, but the thing is that if you find uh, things that didn't work once upon a time, maybe now, after some experience or um, you know a few uh, miles on the road of your life, <laughs> uh, then you could you know sometimes you can just take that that what at the time may have been just some. Uh, well, just some goofy character or whatever, and and breathe new life into it and change it and and make it something. So sometimes it, those things I can't think of anything right now. Uh, probably back in Apple Five, I probably you know 
ran some things through there. I ran a lot of stuff through Act Five, but uh, yeah, that was a trial period, and and I tried things out, and if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, then it, that gave me a sort of incentive to to work on that. Of course, I worked on writing and inking and all that other stuff too at the same time. So it all sort of developed together as it went along. So um, yeah, there are probably some of those character skeletons, but yeah, like I said, I put some flesh on them, put a new costume on them, maybe, I don't know. And boom, there you go. That, that came from Comics Mentor. Always a positive <laughs> light shining on everything. I was about to say, that was a nice <laughs> deflection into mentoring there. Yes, it was. Very nicely done, though. <laughs> well, very nicely uh, here, done. <laughs> here's, a, here's some... Here, when when I was dating my now ex-wife, uh, my nephew, uh, Josh, who I love, hey Josh, if you're listening, you better be, uh, he he would create a character, and he, his friends would create characters, and they, get a, they, they have a lot of gaming in their background, gaming, like uh, World of Warcraft kind of game, you know, that, that kind of gaming, and um, anime and that kind of stuff. So they, they come into character development in a different way. But when he was younger, when he was a kid, he would have characters who might have like 20 abilities and uh, all these powers and all these, they could do all these things. And, and I'm not talking like Superman. I'm talking about, you know, they had uh, maybe mega powers in a way. And I would try to get him to rein it in and focus maybe on, one or two or even four kind of thing, you know, pull it in and work on the character, not just the powers. Um, Mm -hmm. Because out of those powers, if you took all those powers and sort of split them up, you know, you could come up with maybe 20 different characters instead of one character with 20 abilities. And then all of a sudden, instead of just one character, you've got a whole world. And uh, and, uh, my ex-wife said, well, maybe you're you're just uh, stifling his creativity, and maybe, yeah. Maybe. Now, now she's Dex, right? But I did. How dare she? That you. did give me. That gave me a, a view outside my own box, kind of thing. So we talked about it, and um, so, but it gave me a different look on the whole uh, that part of it because she was coming from it from outside of comics and outside of you know, any kind of imagination <laughs> now <I'm>... whoops anyway <laughs> yeah. so okay well he's just no <laughs> she's not she's not really gonna listen to this so of course right. this the podcast oh my god <laughs> no i didn't i didn't but she had she came up to it from a different angle of of uh, writing and, and reading and, and that kind of thing. So she was more grounded in, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, different genres kind of thing. So that gave me something to work uh, at with him and think about when he would show me stuff and we would talk about things. And it gave me, you know, another another tool to work at when I was, quote, unquote, mentoring my nephew. So and I think that's important, too, because it did – you know, instead of thinking that I know everything and I don't, I might act like I do. Shut up. <laughs> but um, that, that, like I said, that gave me something to think about to put myself in his in his uh, position, and and that also went a ways into uh, things like portfolio reviews and that kind of thing. So if you can put yourself into the person showing your portfolio. Uh, where they're coming from, then that helps to uh, sort of establish sort of a rapport, and you can sort of get maybe what they're doing, and that gives you insights into how they can develop either their characters or their story or their style. So, now it ended up being you know kind of helpful. So she helped me. I, I learned from her. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's just never going to admit to screwing up, so we'll no. move on. No, um, no, no. no, I got my children. <laughs> all right, so yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, not about that. I mean, no, about I know. character creation. <laughs> right, yeah. But anyway. 
yeah, I can't. Like I said, I can't think of a specific. Some things were just goofs for for being goof's sake, but um, all that was a learning process, and that's how a lot of times I looked at things. If I was um, doing stories or whatever, uh, for example, here we go. This is not a, this is not a skeleton, but uh, Robin Ader and I in Amplify, we would we would. Uh, trade off we did some pro stories and we we, we were because we would write letters all the time and uh i would get these mega letters on the backs of things with with sketches and stuff on the backs where he would uh, he would be drawing as he was writing the best work and all kinds of stuff so i got things with like columns and uh you know cool stuff but we worked on the carrot on uh this pros thing, this trade-off uh, thing called uh, Kick Button Wiener, and he wrote Kick Button Wiener as two spacefaring adventurers, and it was Sash Kick Butt and his sidekick Wiener or his partner Wiener, whatever. Uh, Robin threw in Kick Butt, I threw in Wiener, just as a you know sort of an opposite sort of thing. When I wrote it, it was two guys. Two imaginary characters or imaginary members of Appa Five, riding the adventures of Kickbutt and Wiener, and commenting also on the on the Appa. So we would go back and forth. So those characters developed over I don't know we did, I don't know several issues or several months worth of uh, of trade offs. So those characters, like I said, that was sort of. Uh, inspiration kind of just goofing off and goofing around and playing around with the whole concept of just writing stuff so again not a skeleton but sometimes things just come out of nowhere and that sort of did again not an answer to your question but <laughs> like I said it can come from anywhere and it does and I have no advice on where it's going to come from you know not that not on that it just you have to rely on your sometimes your own imagination your own background and um i do, I do know people who die sort of dissect the whole character design um and i mean when i say dissect i mean just really cut it apart and it's sort of a almost like a process they have a formula right yeah and, mm-hmm. and uh that's that can work for you but um like I said, those characters gonna if you if you don't develop them into um, more three dimensional type uh, thinking, then they, they sort of they're sort of stale, and they they can just be cut and paste characters. Cookie cutters, just like right, and they can be like somebody else's, or in the same book, or the same uh, publisher creator. Um, have all these characters or, or concepts which are just sort of the same and I think you don't do yourself enough justice and you don't do your uh, your readers potential readers uh, give them anything to sink their teeth into so okay this, this is the most <laughs> Bill has talked in a podcast this I is know. Great. What's that? You start talking about creating stuff. You already know that. That's why y'all come up with these. Let's talk <laughs> about creating stuff. Let's talk about being a mentor. Let's talk about. That's right. We'll get Bill to okay. talk. Let's get Bill to shut up. Let's talk about the business of. <laughs> Bill has the sexy voice, isn't that right, John? Isn't that what we're seeing on That's social right. medias? Bill he has, has the sexy fans voice. after all. That's right. And and as always, Bill just triggered another thought in my mind. Um, oh. What are, as you know, for first-time creators, uh, people just starting out with their characters, what are the absolute no-nos on character creation? Or are there any? What are things that should not be done? Bill started to get into it, but then he... Direct plagiarism. So, I mean, creating some guy who's Spider-Man and just modifying a costume or something. Some kid in high school who's Spider-Man. That's direct plagiarisms. And then daring Marvel or DC to say to try to shut you down, and they Do will. Them. Oh yeah, they will. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, they both have more lawyers than we could ever count. So, 
Um, yeah, I think that's it. You know, go with if you're a true creator, it's inside of you, then, you know, go with the way you feel. You know those characters. They're yours. And uh, make them yours. You're unique. Everybody's unique. So even though, yes, superpowers have been done a thousand times, how can you maybe do yours a little different? You know, how can you make it, you know, in the Skystorm universe, there's not mutants, there's enhancers. There's people who have enhanced abilities. So, you know, we sort of said, yeah, we have people with powers. Here we call them enhancers. So, you know, there's ways to modify, change things, and still get to play in the big pot. Um, the pot's getting bigger with the digital media. So, um, yeah, big no-no would be direct plagiarism. Just think you can get away with it, because you can't. With, with the internet, it's a great thing. It's going to help us all get stuff out. But also, everybody gets to see your stuff. It's out there. Just do a search engine and it's going to pop up. So, How about you, Bill? Yeah, I'd say that. Um, if, you, if, if you go that way, if you go that route, you don't do yourself justice. Uh, you don't uh, give yourself enough credit uh, as far as uh, your own creativity come up with something that is uh, uniquely you, that says what you wanted to say, that tells a story that you want to tell, because you know, I, I do know I can think of one instance, and I won't mention his name, but it's, it's he, he had come up with an, uh, a foreign language version of a very popular character's name and used it in, uh, in his stories. On the whole, if you didn't know what the what that name was, then it's like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, at a convention, provoked a salesperson from a big one of the big two company, and, and said, well, yeah, that's a pretty cool name. Until he told what it was, and oh no, 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 you can't do that. Right. So, uh, um, so then it became a dare for him to, you know, just to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say. It, if you if you're doing it just to be a, a quote unquote rebel, um, do it in the way the way you tell a story. Do it in the way that you uh, create a character. Your character interacts with other things and, and gets that story out instead of just being a. Then it becomes a gimmick, and I don't like gimmicks. That's no. Because, uh, uh, like I said, I, I repeatedly say I respect clever. If you can do something and it's clever, then that's one thing. But if it's a, if, if it's a hacked. Uh, thing that's been Game done, or yeah, there's they can be in in very extreme circumstances for me sometimes, mm-hmm. but uh, be clever. Don't cheat yourself and don't cheat your audience. Be something more than what you thought you were going to be when you started writing this thing. Uh, that's the same thing if you're you know writing, penciling or whatever. Go the next step. Be more and learn. Be more and entertain. Be more and enjoy what you're doing. Find your joy in these characters that you create. Because in some, maybe in some other dimension, maybe these are people. Think about it that way. (laughs) You know? Maybe you're telling a story of somebody in another dimension uh, as if they are real people and you're chronicling those stories I don't know some people do that um, put them in uh, same thing with TV and stuff <clears throat> or plays or whatever but um, treat them maybe as, as real people not just uh, two dimensional representations of something that you you know uh, octopus man fighting uh, squid man there you go <laughs> You know, right? Come up something more, and you can. Like I said, don't cheat yourself, don't cheat your audience. You know, entertain, learn, do, go. At least, yeah. At least, uh, you know, get a foreign language book and call it the Japanese word for octopus man or something. Right. So, Be a little more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Be interesting. I mean. Sometimes I, there are there are times when people have things to to 
you know, they want to tell it one story and they say, well, this is the only story I have. But then you start talking to them about something else and you realize that they've got other stories that have nothing to do in, at first with what they might have wanted to do. Maybe uh, just a straight superhero story, but things in their own background, things in their own world or ideas that they have can influence that book or that character. And all of a sudden they've got something you know, that, that skeleton has made on its bones. It's got flesh. It's got something else because then it has depth. And uh, some people surprise themselves, and they can. And I hope that uh, once they listen to the podcast and they go and create some characters and work on all the things that we've come up with, that they do, that they do surprise themselves. And I hope they come back and, you know, email us at podcast at sketchmagazine.net. Oh, and nice. Tell us. <laughs> Boy, give him an analogy and he runs Woo! with it. <laughs> this skeleton's been dressed up several times this evening. Yes, it well, has. <laughs> you know, get that work that imagery in their head. And That's right. Then put a pretty dress on her. <laughs> That's going into a different podcast, I think. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> all right. Um, I tell you, cool, sort of backtracking from Bill's big shiny, shiny, sunny, big shiny, yeah, big shiny, sunny, expletive there. Um, I keep coming back to darkness because this is what we're working on right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, we were talking about where names came and and, and storylines came and stuff. Um, reviewing that book, I'm like. Where did I even come up with the name Darkness Chronicles? How does that even play within the story? Do you remember, Bill? No. Exactly. Uh, I remember. I, I, I mean, you, you sort of handed it off to me. Yeah. I said, this is the name of it. This is the pin-up. <laughs> yeah, I started to do that, too. Because we had um, Steve Redinger doing some yeah. pin-ups. Do something with it. Right. And, uh, well, and, well, Savage Family. There you go. Yeah, I know. Here's, here's, here's a pin. Family. Here's here's pin a pin up. up. Here's it a bunch Gorby. of kids. Uh, I yep. don't know their names and I don't know their powers. Um, but here's the basic story. All right. Go. All right. Well, so, fix it. What I sort of came up with darkness though is I thought since we have a character called Haggard, his last name could be Darkness, and Darkness Chronicles could be him journey writing in a journal, this stuff that's going on. So out of the concept and now playing with these characters, I'm sort of going, huh, Haggard Darkness, okay. And he could actually be chronicling these events that are going on for some reason, whether it's he's a past time agent and if it was like history and stuff is written down, should be good, you know. So it sort of was cool how you can continue to develop stuff that you've had sitting around for 15 years and and. and add to it and hopefully you're making it better believe me it's for every idea that sticks you throw 10 of them out the door right bill right yeah i mean and bill might throw this idea out the door this is the first time he's heard of it but it's just it's neat that you can throw and add stuff to it all the time if if you want to stay creative keep it i think it helps keep the character and the storylines fresh when you're constantly tweaking and playing with them and adding to them and stuff like that. So, didn't mean to come back to that, but... Mm-mm. No, no. Uh, because, things, like, as I said, things... Just like with them, things in their world, things where they've interacted with other people and other characters in uh, the Enhancers universe. Mm-hmm. Also, Savage Family... And also Blood and Roses, also Tempered Steel. You know they they've interacted, and by interacting, they change a little bit, they grow a little bit, the world gets a little bigger in that, and that opens up the opportunity for more stories down the road. So, um, no, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. Good, good. And we've been cranking for a while, so you guys want to start on the wrap-up since they take us a little bit? I think we should. I was going right. to say, I was, I was about to ask for final thoughts, but I think we covered that. So Cool. John, probably want, time to move ahead. John, you want to touch base on what's going on over at the Skits Blogs? 
I can do that. Um, not as much as before because uh, there was less physical time between this podcast and the last. But right. I did find a few interesting things. The most recent being a uh, video by a sculptor. Uh, it's actually an interview of a sculptor. Um, having the or for a creator, seeing your character realized in 3D reality is kind of a rush. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of us will, a lot of us don't have that opportunity. Uh, some of us may never have that opportunity. And uh, unless you're a sculptor yourself, you're really relying on a very specific group of artists to make that happen for you. Uh, so, you know, the sculpt, the sculpted figure has really become an important part of merchandising your character uh because everybody is you know everybody loves sculptures everybody's real into sculptures so uh there's an interview of a sculptor there uh, a really good interview from a recent con um then the video that kind of triggered this podcast i found this interesting video on uh doing character designs it's character design workshop uh, where they go into making your characters believable and appropriate for the story. Uh, and then this video explores those ideas. Uh, then beyond that, I found a very good series of videos by Brian Haberlin. I know, Bob, you're a big fan of Brian Haberlin. Um, I found a series of videos on sequential coloring. Uh, now, sequential coloring is different than just coloring. Just, you know, coloring a single image or a random page. Uh, in sequential coloring, you need to have everything work together and make sense for the scene that's being portrayed. So you can't go one panel is brightly lit and the next panel is pitch black. Right. And, and without some sort of, uh, you know, description as to why there was such a major change between panels there. Uh, you tend to lose your readers that way. Tend to lose your audience when you make such dramatic leaps. Uh, so he goes into this in depth. Uh, it's a series of several videos, but well worth watching. So check those out as well. Do you know if that's part uh, of his video series that he's put out? I believe it is. Actually. Is it? Okay. I think it cool. is. Yeah, I think it is part of the series. Uh, and I believe it's also, uh, he's running a website now called digitalarttutorials.com. Oh, cool. Um, and it's, uh, I believe it's part of the set of tutorials that you can also get over there. So okay. uh, if you're interested and you like that sort of thing, check it out. Um, beyond that, a very basic video on penciling the comic book. I mentioned here that... Uh, the penciler is by no means the only person doing the comic book, but you do have the most high-profile job. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you are the first thing that the reader sees, and it's up to you as the penciler to grab the reader right away, or you're going to lose them to the next book on the rack. So uh, this tutorial covers the uh, just the basics of comic penciling. Uh, then I found this interesting video. Another way of marketing your book uh, is to potentially do a fake movie poster hmm. of your comic. And this uh, video shows you Photoshop tips on how to make a movie poster. Um, I've recently, turns out I've always been a fan of this man, but I recently found out his name. Uh, there's an artist named Drew Struzan. Mm -hmm. who uh who does yeah it's very knowing uh, -huh, uh that does uh you know a number of any really good movie poster you can think of he probably did it he's the harry uh, all potter the star, wars posters. star wars yeah yeah harry potter and the Indiana Indiana jones yep. i mean you name it um yeah you name it he's probably did it so. dream weave dream wave what are dream wave productions they put out his art book right, right before they folded Oh, I got to yeah. copy that. It's beautiful. Uh, actually, I got to see the Unbound book at uh, last year's Heroes. Really? And, had, you know, I was Unbound. The guy was just carrying the loose pages around. And if I would have had any way to steal that thing and run away, <laughs> I would have kept this book. 
because it is so beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just fantastic thing. Um, but yeah, and this the video itself has nothing to do with Drew Struzan, but uh, it is, uh, you know, we've talked many times about how people need to think outside the box as far as marketing your book. You know, you've got a lot of competition, even more so now in the digital realm. And you, you know, you have to do everything you can to stand out. And that's, uh, that's part of it. So give it some thought anyway. Um, then it's kind of unusual. I usually don't run reviews, uh, on this thing, but, uh, this guy in the course of his review touched on so many interesting things about the book itself that, uh, I just had to throw it in there. Uh, the book is, uh, of course, Freddie Williams, uh, DC's Guide to Digital uh, Drawing. Um, and I run many Freddie Williams videos because he's really informative. And it's ultimately a really good book. And this guy, uh, through his review, really covers a lot of the important information from the book. So uh, people should also go check that out. And uh, if I am not mistaken, I think that brings us up to the most recent time. Awesome. Bill, what's been going on over at the uh, communities or comicrelated.com? Well, some people are getting ready for convention season, including Fred Lang. He's working on his new samples. Uh, that's always cool to check out. Uh, we'll be having our inking contest coming up here soon uh, over on Andy Smith. Uh, I think it's X Factor, X Men. I'll look mm-hmm. one of those pages. And. Uh, I don't know. There's some just cool things over on the uh, comic-related board. We have a, a Skystorm Studio um, section yes. that we'll be adding to with more um, – what's already there, we'll be adding more stuff to it. And you can see for yourself what we've been doing with uh, you know, Skystorm. And some of the things that we talk about, I have my own section there, my own little thread, and um, I'll run things about Comic Mentor or Sparta Bay stuff sometimes through there. Um, and over on Comics Mentor, or uh, this last week I started using FormSpring, where people ask you questions or you answer questions, and it's sort of but it feeds into my blog as it turns out, which is kind of cool. And uh, because that gives people a, a leaping point where they can talk about things too. But uh, uh, and I've also read the first few pages of the Ursula script, so that's just something that people can check out when, especially when I talk about stuff, they can look at some of the pictures that Gary did. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Leidick, one of our buddies from uh, Afterburn Media, has come back to the boards and um, Great. he wants to draw some Ursula, so um, I just want to get him doing some stuff. It's been He's been out the the loop for us. Um, mm-hmm. So now he's back and you know, there are a few others that are, that's opened the door for other people to say, hey, if Steve can do it, or Steve's back. I'm coming back too. Or, you know, awesome. that's, you know, we got we got some you know some talented people on that board. So that's kind of you know it's it's always going to be cool. Right. And there's a little bit of something for everybody from independents to uh, pencilers to inkers to you know painters or colorists and Lisa Moore runs stuff about coloring sometimes and. Uh, just different other things, conventions that are coming up. So that's always a good place. And of course, comic related is great for news. Right. So you can go, you can get all your comic related stuff right there. At comicrelated.com. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's yeah, right. it's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good home base. Yeah. Hey, we, we snuggled in comic related, you'll find it here. Yep. Yeah. Talking about Lisa Morris, she dropped me a note on Clay'sway. The current Clay'sway strip um, has a mm-hmm. snow scene. She goes, Bob, I really like the way you color snow. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, she's sweet. But, um, well, cool. Uh, Blind, new newsletter out. Let everybody know those large, oversized sketchbooks are in the house. They came in yesterday. We have the black cover ones and the white ones. Gosh, the brilliant white. And, John, you said last week you forgot how big those were. I had two. Yeah. I have one in my hands today. They are huge. I love them. But they are in the house. Eight and a half by 11s and 11 by 17s are in. And he just ordered some blue ones. We had some people requesting blue. 
uh, sketchbook, so you put an order, and they should be in the next two to three weeks. Should have them for CE, C2E2. Hopefully, nice. blue ones. But we got the white ones, blue ones. So if you had an order that's coming, if you want, want to order one, please order them. This is our first round. They look great. I'm real impressed with the new binder, so we will definitely be keeping these in stock over at bluelinepro.com. Um, if anybody owns a store, we launched the uh, Blue Line Art website. This is the uh, wholesale site for Blue Line. It's at bluelineart.com. Um, if you want to carry our products, go there, check it out. So that's the Blue Line plug. Skystorm, working away. I've spent a lot of this week on Clay's Way with C2E2 coming up. I really want to give Clay's Way a big push. So I've been working on the collection, working on some trading cards, uh, working on some buttons. Jackie set up a DeviantArt for Clay'sWay.com. Um, she's been posting stuff. We already got people who's hooked up with us there. Uh, so it's coming along, coming along real well. I'll be back in on Sky stuff and Bill. So we got to work on Sketch Magazine next week. Yep. So Actually, working on Sketch. Probably, yeah, you'll probably have by this weekend. Yep. Good. Good. I plan on knocking it out next week. Hopefully have that next issue out by C2E2. So a lot planned. Looks like I'll be up 24-7. So uh, been... You can do it. You're such a young man. Uh-huh. That's right. Who needs so sleep? Hey, Bill, you sent me an email about that form spring. Um, maybe next time we talk more about it because I didn't understand what it was about. Yeah, it's it's okay. pretty simple. Okay. But it's you know, I've seen other people do it, and I just answer some questions. Plus, it gives me a place for people to ask me, because somebody asked me this week, yeah. how do you stay so motivated? And that was something that somebody asked me. Right. So that gave me a Copy. chance. To, yeah. You know, Coke Zero. Coke uh, Zero. Coke Zero. By the gallons. Um, okay, but yeah, I mean, you said it to me, I didn't really know what it was. So it might be worth talking about. Anything to help people communicate and work. Yeah. I mean, especially if it does yeah, a self-post. Questions on, uh, I mean, we can set one up for the podcast. Because um, yeah, some people just send us emails. Mm-hmm. But they, this way they could ask a question and we could you know, feed it into the blog too. That way... Cool. It sort of hits all over. Nice. Right. So, so that would be cool. Okay, I agree. All right, guys. Appreciate it. This has been a good one. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you both.